Du lyssnar på poddversionen av ett program från Studentradion 98,9. Alla våra program hittar du på studentradion.com eller där poddar finns. Av upphovsrättsliga skäl är musiken förkortad. Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio UF, the Association of Foreign Affairs via Student Radio 98.9. I am Laura de Alba. This is the first uh, program that you're hearing with me and I am super excited to be joining as a trustee for the spring semester 2023. And with me is uh, Gilbert Anderson, the head of radio. Thank Hello, you very Gilbert. much. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, technical str- struggles aside, uh, I think this is going to go great. That's fantastic. And with us is also Philippine, uh, who is a student in political science uh, at Sciences Po Paris. Uh, how are you doing, Philippine? Tell um, us a little bit about you. I'm who doing are you? really good. Thank you very much. So yes, for the context, I am uh, a political science in uh, Paris, usually. And this year, I am studying government in Uppsala for my Erasmus year. So yeah, it's going uh, really well for now. That's fantastic. And how are you, Arthur? You can tell us all about you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Arthur. I'm from Switzerland, the French-speaking part. And uh, I'm also a political science student uh, with a minor in history. So here in Uppsala, I study a bit of both. Okay, fantastic. And we're really, really happy to have you guys here for this episode because we're going to be talking about France and the partisan France. And we, our title of our program is A Country on Fire, uh, the 43 Human Rights and Democracy. So uh, I feel like you guys are the experts today, So, which is amazing. And you're going to tell us everything about uh, the pensions reform in France. What does What is it about? What, what is all the, the fuss about? So um, actually, the the, the social uh, cont- uh, contests and the, the crisis uh, and now in France uh, turns around the pension reforms uh, that w- uh, was launched by uh, President uh, Macron. Uh, to give a bit of context, of something very um, factual, and I'm not really an expert in the matter, but I will try to explain you a bit the pension system in France. Uh, which is called par répartition, which in English could be called pay-as-you-go pension uh, scheme. So the principle behind it is that the total amount of contributions you pay each year is used to pay the pensions of the retired people for that same year. Uh, So the system is based on strong solidarity between generations, Um, So the people working give money to the people that are retired. So the financial equilibrium depends on the ratio between the contributors and the number of pensioners. So the age, normally in France, for a long time, it has been 60 60 years old when you go to pension. Uh, Since 2011, the pension uh, age has increased. There has been a big reform at this time. It has passed to 62, and actually the current reform wants to increase it at 64. Um, 
and the main argument is the rise of life expectancy for this rise. I see. So thank you for this great introduction. And right now we are going to go to a music break and you're going to listen to Fever Ray by Candy. Uh, you're listening to Radio UF and uh, stick with us. See you after the break. Welcome back. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, we're talking about uh, protests in France, a country on fire, the 49.3 and human rights and democracy. And right before the break, our guests gave us a really cool introduction about how the current system works and what are like the major changes they want to do. But I think that I want to ask you, Philippin, like, is this a good idea? What are the arguments for? What are the arguments against it? Tell us. Yes. So the, the current government, uh, their main argument is that we have to save the actual system because um, of uh, the arguments that uh, uh, you, Arthur, you raised, uh, indeed, the um the the population uh imbalance and stuff like that so it could bring a deficit in the coming years uh which would um lead to people not having uh enough money uh, to pay their retirement fees and so the report uh, on pensions which is a, like a, a neutral organism that uh worked on that questions they say that actually it's hypothetical so um, the opposition the opposition's also uh build on that uh, idea and uh, they also said that the fact that uh, the fact to um, uh, hire the the pension age to 62 years old um, is a big problem and it's uh, it will bring, bring more inequality because at this age a quarter of the poorest people are already dead actually um, moreover, uh, the women, on average, they have to work more, will have to work more because um, they, due to, like, for example, uh, birth, they have uh, more interruptions in, this, in their careers. So, like, there are many arguments uh, that say that this reform will be very unfair. So basically the protest is because it's not very comprehensive of all sectors of society and all types of professions, right? Yes, that's a part of the problem, indeed. And, uh, for example... Uh, the people who have the more most difficult uh, jobs, for example, those who take the trash out or who work in uh, factories, uh, they will also have their uh, legal retirement age uh, increased. And they they were arguing that uh, it's a, a big problem for because they will physically not be able to do their job, actually. I see. Um, well, um this is definitely something that we do not see on the media. Uh, what what do you think about it, Gilbert? What do you think about media coverage and protests? M the media coverage of the protests? Um, well, like, I'm coming from a Swedish perspective. So to me, uh, rioting over, like, workers' rights is uh, completely uh, not crazy, but it is something that we don't do in Sweden. You know, we very much still work by the Nordic model. We have negotiations with our employers. Uh, we've had historically quite strong unions that have helped us in that. And so I think many workers have felt um, that the system will take them through times of crisis. Um, so to me, it is quite bananas, uh, but it is still something that I think a lot of Swedish, Swedish people can relate to. All right. Thank you very much. And now it's time to go on another music break and we're going to listen to Equalia by Apes Tumor. Mm -hmm. 
And we are back on Welcome to Radio UF via Student Radio 98.9. Uh, yeah, we were talking about the reform, the the pension reform in France, and how it works, and what are the arguments against it, and pro the reform. Uh, and now we want to get into the historical background of this law that we hear all over the news. Uh, 49.3 or the 49.3 um, and like I'd like to tell a little bit of like why does it exist and actually it's because France has a very particular history with strong presidential figures maybe the name Charles de Gaulle rings a bell to those who have been in Paris that's the name of the airport uh, and he's also uh, a very important figure in the second world war Uh, and had political influence that was very strong after the war. Um, and then there is this process uh, that was included in the fifth constitution of 1958 that actually allows the government to sort of counter the uh, parliament to vote a law, um, which means that the executive branch sort of has also legislative powers in the, in the French system. Um, And this is problematic from a democratic point of view, can be useful for for minority rights uh, and uh, other exceptions. It's meant to be an exception, not uh, the, the norm. Uh, but like we see that the current prime minister, uh, Elisabeth Bonn, has used it so many times. She's only been in power during 10 months and now uh, has used it 11 times, uh, which tells us a little bit about the, the, the political current context uh, but like Arthur what are the details about the use of current in this particular context so uh, indeed as you told us um, it's kind of a contested article in the constitution and it has uh, created now a, a supplementary crisis in addition to the social crisis what we could call a democratic crisis in France uh, so this uh, article was used for the pension reform um, which was passed without the approval and a vote at the National Assembly, which is a legislative branch in France. To say it uh, shortly, uh, a law to be passed has to be vote, uh, voted by the two uh, branches, the two houses of the parliament. Um, first, uh, the government decided to uh, pass the vote at the Senate, which they can do before the Uh, National Assembly. The Senate, which has a right-wing majority, voted in favor of the text, which was not surprising. But then, when facing the National Assembly, the Prime Minister decided to do what she can do with this uh, 49.3 article, which is uh, engage the responsibility of her government uh, in passing the vote, uh, the sorry, the text without a vote. Which means that actually, uh, if in the two days after this, Uh, some deputies, 50 deputies, uh, decide to uh, suggest a vote of uh, motion of non-confidence uh, to the parliament against the government. Uh, this will be voted and if it's accepted by a majority of the uh, parliament, the government will be dismissed. So we will talk about it a bit later. Yes, exactly. We'll get into the uh, details of the consequences. Uh, after our break, uh, remember that you're listening to Radio UF, uh, Protest in France, a country on fire. Stick with us.
And we are back. That was uh, Fill With Love by The Clouds, uh, chosen by the amazing music team here at Stuntrad 98.9. Uh, and we are Radio UF talking about uh, A Country on Fire, the protests in France, the 493, human rights and democracy. Um, so uh, we promised you that we were going to talk about the consequences of the kind of uh, and finally like get into the details of all the reactions that we've seen in the media and that has uh, traveled around the world. And for that, we have Arthur here that is Hi. a student in political science and that is going to tell us uh, what it is about. So I explained to you how this article uh So you explained to us how it works. I explained a bit uh, how it was used this time. But uh, yeah, how did it end up? So uh, the prime minister engaged her responsibility. A motion of non-confidence was uh, voted at the parliament because enough deputies asked for it. So um, you must know that uh, quite a lot of these those motions were voted through the modern history in France. But since the government always had an absolute majority in the parliament, it passed only one time in 1962, so a long time ago. But for the first time, the government has no majority in parliament since last year. So the situation is different. We could not really know if this motion was going to pass or not. So with a bit of um, help by right-wing deputies, the majority, uh, government majority succeeded. The motion was not voted, but for only nine votes, which actually just uh, showed us uh, how deep the political crisis was in France and the democratic crisis, because Yeah, we have a government that passed something without the opinion of the representatives of the people. And that explains all the memes that we've seen about the piles of trash uh, in Paris that were lit on fire and all the train strikes and all of that. I guess it makes a little bit more sense now. Uh, yes, it, it does. It does. And in addition to the public reaction, first to the pension reform and then to the way the government did it, it arised a lot of scientific reaction about uh, yeah the democratic situation and what we could do to uh, change the system and discuss uh, this article which is very contested now in its use absolutely uh, well thank you so much for those insights it is time for another break and this time we're going to be listening to queen of tears by quasi um Stick with us, this is Radio UF uh, via Student Radio 98.9. And we are back to the fifth section of our program on Radio UF on uh, protests in France, a country on fire. Uh, and I would like to speak now about the political culture in France. Um, and I think this is very interesting because I, I lived in France for a little while and it's like, in every single situation where you start meeting people, you talk about politics, which is something that I feel that is not so common in Sweden, the country where we're broadcasting from, but also like, how is it in Switzerland? How is it with protests and like talking politics? What, what can you tell us, Arthur? Yeah, thank you for inviting me. So uh, as you know, I'm, I'm French speaking. I follow France from a close perspective as all the Swiss people, but I'm not French. And we have some cultural differences that are quite marked. 
politically, yes, uh, the Swiss people have the opportunity to give their opinion on different subjects all the time. So first, it's uh, seen as not very democratic what is happening right now, what I explained around these uh, 49.3 article. Um, the lack of trust of the citizens in their representatives is also something that is quite different because we elect them more directly and more often. Um, but then, yes, around all those protests and strikes, we give our opinion more than Swedes in the streets, but not in that kind of way, on that scope of violence. And this will be what will astonish us the most. But at the same time, we have kind of respect for this way of of showing a healthy democracy that the, the French have. Yes, exactly. And uh, Gilbert, you're the Swedish representative in this table. And like something really like interesting, I think, is that the reform that uh, is being passed right now uh, is based on the Swedish reform of the 90s. Yeah. Like how has that worked so far in Sweden? Um, I mean, you got to remember when we implemented this pension reform back in the 90s, Sweden was in a very hard situation concerning money and spending. Uh, we have had a lot of expenditures during the latter half of the 20th century uh, going to very extensive welfare programs uh, that is very fondly remembered uh, among Swedish citizens, uh, one of which uh, was our pension system, um, which had been implemented, I believe, back in the 50s, mid of, mid of century, um, and was it is often described as like the crown jewel of uh, social democratic leadership back during the 20th century but it's a very different time now uh, and towards the 90s Sweden was kind of out of money <laughs> and so uh, the new system was implemented during a very hard time uh, and it really deeply affected a lot of people yes and that doesn't really match the context in France right now uh, so yeah, thank you for those insights. Uh, we're going to another music break. We're gonna listen to um, "Free" by Clotter. And we are back. This is Radio UF. Uh, we're talking about the protests in France, and we're reaching the end of our program. And uh, that's also the human rights and democracy part, which is my favorite one because I'm a human rights master student. Um, so we've reached my area of expertise, if I can say so. And uh, I think that something that is quite um, worrying in this and that, that it's not also me, but all the European Commission of Human Rights and the Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International and the UN uh, and the list goes on and on. Um, so institutional human rights institutions like this have found very worrying uh, the police brutality, um, the repression that has been seen during the the manifestations, the protests uh, that are peaceful and or that started being really peaceful, but now, I mean, as we know, uh, violence creates more violence, um, and uh, yeah, like they're worried about the non-respect of uh, the Article 19 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and Article 10 of the European Convention of Human Rights, that uh, at least the European Convention is legally binding in France and that is also protected by the Constitution, and that it like the freedom of expression is not being um, respected. And uh, I think that uh, maybe Filipino, you can tell us a bit more about uh, police brutality. Like, I think that we both, well, during our studies in France, we've experienced it like directly. Like, how, what, what is this about? Yeah, well, I think that uh, police brutality really increased um, in like the 
in the 2018 crisis of the Gilets Jaunes, uh, at least in the protests, because obviously there has been br police brutality in certain neighborhoods in France uh, before that. Um, but there are the government and like mostly the um, Ministre de l'Intérieur, which like handles uh, the police, um, they have implemented new strategies to uh, manage the protests and that has led to very serious injuries and some people are now even scared to go out in protests uh, and I have like not the worst uh, um, experience of protests obviously but uh, I uh, have for example I have uh, received tear gas uh, very close to my face which hurts a lot or I, I have been uh, what is called in French nasse, uh, which means that the police is uh, cornering you and like putting you um, preventing you from moving and which is now illegal but like these um, ways of handling the protests are very I have been very criticized and it's uh, a serious threat to democracy as well exactly and that not only us but also international organizations encourage the gov the French government to regulate um, but yes uh, we are now reaching the end of our program we have one more section left uh, stick with us we're going to listen to a song chosen by the music team at student this is Radio UF, and we're back from our music break, uh, and we're now in the last segment of our program, and we wanted to end on uh, an analysis of what the different options moving forward are. Uh, there's a constitutional council, there's uh, the political strategy that Macron has been having. Um, so how does the situation look like, Philly? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, the latest... Um, events that have happened uh, in the institutional point of view uh, is the um, um, Constitutional Council uh, decision about the law. Uh, so the Constitutional Council in France is the equivalent of the Supreme Court in the US, if I can say it like that. It's very, very, um, um, like it's not exactly the same thing. But um, so the Constitutional Council, they validated most of the law, uh, which made a lot of people react because uh, there was nothing particular said about the addition of derogatory articles of the constitutions which were used to go through the parliament without a vote. Um, but then Macron made a discourse, uh, uh, sorry, a speech uh, to talk about like the end of this crisis and try to um, bring some perspectives and future projects. Uh, but people were not really um, convinced and uh, they, the social movement uh, is... Uh, going on now, people are using pots and uh, trying to uh, avoid hearing uh, Macron when he speaks. So look, Laura, I think you're trying to show us, showing us... Um, yes, I'm trying to add some sound effects here, but the tech <laughs> <laughs> my vintage technique is not really working. But there's even an app, and this is the, the app that I'm trying to go into. What is this app about? Yeah, so basically people are like uh, hitting pots. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So in response to Macron's speech, uh, to say that they don't want to listen to him. And um, actually, these uh, uh, devices have been forbidden in some parts of France when he was uh, visiting. Uh, and people have uh, tried to use some other strategies and recording pot sounds in order to um, like use them in protests, which is quite funny, I think, but also a bit sad. But also a bit democracy. problematic for for democracy, for sure. How about a referendum, Arthur? Do you think that's an option? 
Oh, the, the referendum could be an option. I'm not a specialist on this situation in France. Uh, I think it's really seldomly used and perhaps something actually deeper and with more consequences could be a revision of the French constitution more globally that has been suggested by some politicians, uh, more fam most famously Jean-Luc Mélenchon in 2017. But I think, yeah, that now the researchers and scientists will... Uh, emphasize this need of revision of the complete political system once again. Yes, I think we can all agree that there is some sort of political change that is needed given the situation. But this is the end of our program. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. And this was Laura de Alba with Gilbert Anderson, Arthur Schmidt, and Philippe Inda. Thank, Thank you, you for inviting us. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Alla våra program hittar du på studentradion.com eller där poddar finns. Och kom ihåg att lyssna fritt är stort, att lyssna rätt är större.